Hello and welcome to another episode of Save Station Radio, where this week we'll be rolling along with a game called XO1. I am your host, Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. And yeah, we're talking about the uh, recently released indie game called XO1. It was released on the 18th of November, 2021, for the Xbox and PC. This is one of those cool, like, primarily developed by one developer, um, Jay Weston. Uh, he had a couple of, of contributors, but it, uh, from looking at the game's official webpage, it seems like that was it was primarily him, which is always cool to see. Yeah, not the first one of those we've talked about this year. Uh, the first one of those that the main solo dev didn't also compose the soundtrack, but um, <laughs> can't blame you there. No, no. Uh, impressive, nevertheless. So this is a this is a weird game. I think it's going to be a weird one to talk about. It's quite different than I think our normal subjects we talk about on here. So I, I pulled their pitch from their website because I, I think it's it'll be an interesting starting point for us. So this is what, how they officially pitch this. A strange signal in Alien Craft. XO1 is a gravity-defying interplanetary journey through space and time. Master a truly alien traversal system and move through energy... Enigmatic. Enigmatic, thank you. Enigmatic and desolate landscapes in ways you've never experienced. Use gravity and momentum to reach colossal speeds and exhilarating heights. Ride thermal uplifts into boiling cloud formations. Cavern down hillsides and launch off mountaintops, all the time drifting toward the shining blue beam in the horizon. So I guess I would describe this as an adventure game. You think that's fair to say? Um, I mean, you're not really doing much adventuring. I think it would be more apt to just call it like, I mean, it's not a platformer, but it's just like a speed, a speed game, like a racing game almost. No, because <laughs> it's the only real challenge in this game. There's no real things that can kill you. The only real challenge is trying to do it really quickly. Which isn't even, like, there's no fail state, as far as I saw. Yeah, that's why I'm saying the only thing, the only real goal is to beat levels quickly, or just to beat them at all. Like, I guess that's a fair, a fair objective. Yeah, so to give people a, a picture, you, it, it's a 3D environment, so imagine that. Um, and you're playing as basically a marble, you're kind of... Given the story of the game, it's kind of hard to tell if you are an alien spaceship itself or if you're just kind of, like, I don't know. It's it's confusing. <laughs> we'll get to it later, I guess. But you're you're basically a, a circle, a, a marble. And um, you, you have this landscape that oftentimes is sort of littered with, like, sand dunes, like a hilly environment. And the game works on momentum. So, you know, it's got realistic momentum simulation where you'll go down a hill and you'll gain speed. And then you go up the other side of the hill and you get a, like a little double jump with your ball. So you can go up into the air. And then if you pull the left trigger, you can flatten your marble out and glide. So essentially you're gaining momentum by going downhill, getting going off the hill and then gliding. Kind of the more unique hook of this game is that it gives you a way to increase your gravity. If you pull the right trigger, the in lore explanation explanation is you gain ten times your normal gravity or your normal uh, mass, so you will like plummet downhill. So it's a way to gain a lot of speed while going downhill. 
and then you, uh, once you get uphill, you let go of that, and you go sailing off into the air. And it's sort of a game, not, it. like I said, there's not really challenge. It's more about kind of creating a flow state for yourself, where you're constantly having to manage your momentum and your angle of where you're landing on the ground. Because you can't really fly, you just kind of glide. So you're constantly having to look around your environment and use your the sort of natural landscape of the environment to your advantage to make it to the end of the level. It's interesting. I think when we were like deciding what game to play for this, the thing that sold me on this game is people were comparing it to games like Flower and Journey, which... I kind of get that comparison in some ways, but actually I think it's quite... It's a lot more mechanically dense than those games. Even if it doesn't necessarily amount to... Like, it doesn't uh, create a massive challenge. But I do think it is a little bit more... Like, it's there's more depth to its, mechanic th- to its mechanics than those games, if that makes sense. It, it almost kind of reaches that, like like Tony Hawk style of flow when you're like nailing it that it feels really good and it makes you like it looks cool when you're sort of nailing these these um these jumps and this is a hard game to describe (laughs) yeah I mean it's a it's a difficult one but I think it very much like despite not having a fail state really I think it does sort of line up with games like Journey and Flower where it's all about just kind of experiencing the mechanics and experiencing the world. Um, Thinking especially about journey journey was all about like just moving, uh, moving through the space in a way that feels smooth because with journey, you're constantly trying to refill your scarfs. You're looking for these little checkpoints to be able to refill that so that you can keep flying rather than slowly walking on the ground. I feel like this very much captures that as you're constantly looking around to the slopes to find a way to get faster to build up some speed or just some airtime so that you're not slowly rolling along the ground as a dinky little marble um i do see what you mean where it's a little more mechanically dense and a little more engaging in that way um just by the way of your brain is constantly like doing math to try and figure out like what angle you're doing um where you're going to line up to launch yourself and then where you're going to go after that um and then it's all about just kind of trying to keep that speed going uh, because it feels good not because that's a challenge not because you're going to fail if you don't but because you want to because it looks cool and it feels good to do (laughs) um it's very um it's very much just like a sandbox almost of just here's the mechanics and now try and do as cool a stuff as you can while moving in a certain direction yeah sandbox is a good word for it like it does it feels like it's more wanting you to experiment and to kind of screw around than it actually wants you to finish like a level you know it feels like there's like the intention is it it does kind of feel like a, a play space in a weird way and I, I think that that's really cool. I think the other comparison I can make, and this game is not as relevant as Journey, so if you don't remember it, sorry, it might it might be a little flawed based on that. But like, there was an old iPhone game called Tiny Wings, where you played as this little bird, and um, it was kind of an infinite runner style, 
where there's all these like randomly generated hills and when you held your finger on the screen the bird would plummet down and so the idea was you'd want to go down a hill and then launch yourself up the next hill so it's kind of this constant game of trying to get the angle correct to to launch yourself into the air and this feels like a more ambitious 3d version of that in a lot of ways yeah i mean when i started playing it tiny wings was the first thing i thought of um i used to play that a lot in my old ipod touch uh but yeah this is a robust 3d version of it but uh i feel like there's a little bit not only are the levels much more interesting than just randomly generated slopes there's a lot more like environmental mechanics to deal with but just the overall movement and the fact that you're in a 3d space lends a lot of creativity to your moveset that you can experiment with yeah totally Oh, and by the way, we should mention, this is going to be a weird review. I don't know how long it'll end up being. This is a weird game to talk about. It's, you know, it's kind of a first time talking about this kind of game for this show. So we're, we're kind of, we're kind of coming at this in a little bit of a different way. So just a heads up on that. Also, we're recording this late at night. So if we get a little sleepy, <laughs> a little tired, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but uh, talking about the game, one of the things I really like are these, there's, there's these like little upgrade collectibles you can get that upgrade the amount of glide you have, because you can only glide for a certain amount of time. It's represented as like a yellow glow on your little spacecraft thing. And when that glow goes away, you turn back into a ball and you plummet down to the ground. So, but you can upgrade that by finding these collectibles. And some of these collectibles, you know, they're not necessarily just floating out in the ground. They're, they might require a little bit of clever thinking to get. Or if you're kind of nailing the game flow already, you might just be able to grab them on your way. Which I really liked, and it really did introduce an element of challenge this game does not have without them which is really cool definitely not required but I, I feel like it was a nice little bonus thing to have you you know to get your mind thinking about how you can use the movement system to um, kind of get where you want to go which I think is a smart addition to the game design uh, and I think the nicest compliment I can pay this game is I spent a more than significant amount of time on some levels just kind of messing around if I saw a cool-looking object or, or a cool-shaped hill, I'd try to see, like, how much height I could get off of it. Um, it's got, like, that sort of Halo vibe where you see these giant structures everywhere in some levels. Um, like, the first two levels take place on these sand worlds. Um, and there's, like, these big buildings sticking out of sand, and they can create interesting ramps for you. So it's really fun to, like, experiment with different angles to see how much air you can get or how to get up on top of one of those if you happen to be all the way on the ground. Like, there's definitely that sort of vibe to it. And that's why I compare it to Tony Hawk a little bit as well, because, like, you look at an obstacle and you kind of come up with a creative solution on how to surmount it, if you want. That's the other thing about this game, is it is casual in the sense that, like, you could just skip all that. You can just keep going up the level. You know, it does work off a momentum system, but it also kind of lets you cheese it if you're having trouble. You can, like, if it's just, if it's any kind of slope, you can pretty much roll up almost any slope. <laughs> So if you're really struggling, you know, you don't really have to engage with that too much if you are if you don't want to, but the game will be less fun. So I, I think it does a great job of allowing anybody to play these levels, but also allowing for you to kind of experiment with them 
and, and get a hold of the mechanics. And I think this being kind of more of a casual experience is a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, even some of the steeper slopes, like uh, like we mentioned earlier, you also have a double jump, but the double jump re- resets every time you like touch any sort of surface. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so there's some where like there's a really steep slope and i'm like okay maybe i could you know figure out a big ramp somewhere else and then try and get enough height to go up it or i could just abuse the double jump to get all the way up there which i did once but uh in terms of the game's mechanics it's not as fun to do that it's more fun to figure out a steep angle or figure out where i'm gonna be able to get some height and then transfer that height to where i want to actually go yeah it's just very engaging to look at an environment and then have a move set that you can use to explore it it's such a simple idea it's basically just what video games are at their core <laughs> like it just boiled down to exactly what it is but it works so well for this sort of thing where it's extremely satisfying to gain a huge burst of speed because you know every time that happens that it was well earned like you took advantage of the mechanics in the landscape and made that happen rather than just big bursts of speed being given to you which does happen on some occasions but usually they're these like boost rings and you still have to manage to get through the ring like which can be kind of tricky to um line yourself up with the opening but you know doing that gets you a big bunch of speed but then you have to figure out how you're going to keep that speed rather than just letting it peter out and then rolling on the ground again it's it's very much what i think a lot of people want out of a sonic game if that makes sense where it's a lot of just using the momentum and getting a bunch of speed and then keeping it is all on you rather than the game giving it to you which this game does surprisingly well like there was a bunch of instances where I like you said I would just kind of mess around in a stage for a while trying to get as much speed as I could all the while moving towards the objective which you can very clearly see no matter where you are in the map seeing how fast I could go and it helps that while you could see the end of the level from pretty much anywhere it still takes quite a bit to get there so the levels are not super short like they give you enough time to just kind of mess around in them um, and still feel like you're making progress. Yeah, uh, I really love that. Like, the levels feel big. And I think that that kind of contributes to a nice sense of scale. Like, it's presented as you are hopping planets. Like, you're finding these um, these sort of gateways like that make you travel to other planets. And you're trying to... It, basically, it's presented as you're trying to get home. At least, I think. The story is very loose. But, like, the idea is, like, you're, you'll get in one of these portals and it'll put you on another planet... And then you'll see a blue light where the portal is and you have to make it there. And it these levels are big enough to where I think in fiction it does kind of feel like, oh, you're traversing a massive area. You're on a foreign planet and it makes you feel like you're moving a great distance, which is really cool. And, and I really enjoyed and I think these levels are really good and um, smart where they feel big, but they never feel like they're outstaying their welcome while also conveying this this grander sense of scale. All right, we've talked about these levels. Which one was your favorite? Okay, so I want to be careful not to spoil too much, but this is this is a weird thing because I think this is going to fall into one of the criticisms I do have for this game. Um, there's a level about halfway through that kind of throws out the linear structure we've been just talking about in terms of like 
going across a big landscape. As cool as that is, there's a level where you have to collect three things to activate one of these portal things, and it becomes more of a collect-a-thon style level. And I really enjoyed that one, and I found myself kind of wishing that there were more of those throughout the game, because as cool as the linear stuff is and, and the scale it presents, I, I I think realizing like this collect-a-thon style kind of makes you stop and forces you to look at the environment and use it in creative ways instead of like you kind of having to do that on your own just for fun in the linear stuff because the linear stuff is kind of designed in a sense where you can just play it however you want whereas this more collectathon level kind of forces you it forces you to get up to get objects right so you kind of have to look it makes you it forces you to look at the landscape strategically rather than just kind of looking at it and thinking on a whim i'm gonna try something um, and so I wish I, not every level would be like that because clearly the game has been designed as a linear game, but this one in particular, I, I just wish there were a couple more to kind of flesh out that idea. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting dilemma because that stage, that one weird collectathon stage is really cool. And I've really enjoyed that stage as well, but it doesn't lend itself to the sort of high extreme speeds that the other ones can can give you like yeah. it's kind of wanting to split between the two so i think yeah just having a couple more of those would have been super cool while still keeping those uh really fast-paced linear levels or at least like the pot- potential for them totally because you don't want you know you don't want that level to be massive because you're gonna have to go back and forth you know it's it's a little bit more you know you're exploring it rather than zooming past it so if it was as long as some of those other levels, it, it would it would get pretty repetitive pretty quickly. So, yeah, you know, I, I understand why it's not all like that. But, but yeah, I could have used a little bit more just to flesh out that idea. Because that was where I was like, oh, this has so much potential. And it's not to say that the that the uh, standard levels don't also have their own potential. It's it's a separate thing. Yeah, it was just it's just a really cool level, and it does stand out to the to the other sections of the game. Uh, because of that what what was your favorite environment i really liked the sort of woodsy uh rainy area oh yeah that one felt a little bit more natural while still feeling very video gamey i think the um hollowed out tree trunks that are laying all over were (laughs) very cool to just be like okay i'm gonna this is very intentionally something you want me to roll through and i'm all here for it (laughs) yeah it's like it's like a naturalistic, like marble rolling, you know. If you ever made those, um, if you ever like when you were a kid in school, got like toilet paper rolls and rolled the marble down your little course or whatever. Yeah, it's very much like just littered with those. Um, but then it sort of takes a turn partway through, and it opens up, and there's still these giant structures that are kind of hanging out, and you have to get through these narrow gaps with with your glide. And that one really stood out to me as just like being precise while not being punishing yeah um and that is the thing about this game i think it has a bunch of areas that stand out and that's that's a really impressive thing also considering this game is extremely short (laughs) what was your final time for this uh i didn't see one um so i would say probably around two hours it shows it to you right at the end on the title screen oh i totally missed it then (laughs) okay uh, mine was about two hours, seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds about right. And we should say we both played on PC, right? 
Yeah. Uh, and I do want to comment on the visuals. I think it looks really nice for the most part. Uh, and these alien worlds, like, they kind of capture the imagination in a really nice way. We won't spoil some of those until we get to spoiler sections. But, like, there's some really nice visual aesthetics happening here that you're kind of like, it kind of makes you go, wow, that's that's really neat looking. Especially, like, it, they, they feel like they're designed to look good from far away, which is nice. Uh, I will say it does kind of fall apart when you get up close to some stuff. You, you do notice some, like, 2D... Uh, especially when it comes to sort of anything floral, anything natural looking. Um, that level we were just talking about, the sort of one that takes place closer to the ground in this like canyon, canyon area. Like I think that level is especially guilty of it where you see these like things that are supposed to be kind of weeds or trees and, and they, they look a little rough. It, it, you know, it's not the end of the world, but it is something that, that is a little bizarre. Um, but, but everything looks great from far away, which is where you'll be spending 90% of the game anyway. <laughs> Yeah, as you're flying through the sky or just even as you're just blazing past it at crazy speeds, like you're not going to stop and stop and smell the billboard roses. Yeah, it's kind of like crowds in racing games, you know, where it's like they look really good in motion. But if you stop and look at them, they they look, you know. Yeah, they serve their purpose for aesthetics. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, some of the landscapes, though, as some as just like sort of vague as they are there's something very like dreamlike about some of the levels yeah it's it's a very alien feeling but alien in a way that like i feel like some sci-fi things will be very alien but then still have some sort of logical sense this one kind of throws some of that out the window where it's like no this is just strange like to the point where some things could be just like in a dream where it doesn't have to make 100 percent sense yeah, I mean, some of the levels just feel like video game stuff. Like I mentioned, the logs earlier are very much just video game elements. But some of them have these abstract structures that are just kind of hanging out at impossible angles that are that you can then use to roll off of. But there's still something that feels like it feels like a space that you could be in while it doesn't feel like a space that could exist, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally understand what you mean, right? Like, it feels like this weird marble that can increase its its density. Like, everything was built for it for some weird reason, (laughs) you know? Like, there's a weird sense of, like, there's a weird blending of naturalistic environments and unnaturalistic environments. Like, you'll see things that are used to be buildings and they might look a little familiar but then later on you'll see oddly shaped ones that just kind of look bizarre and you're right there's a there was a dream-like quality to the whole thing that's that's kind of nice like in a pleasant way yeah that's not a knock on the game's aesthetics at all or like oh this world doesn't make any sense why is this like this like i think it really works and it sort of fits with the whole vibe the game has where um, I mean, we barely mentioned the story, but it is there, but it's very abstract and told through like just bits of dialogue that you can kind of hear sometimes and then some flashing images as you gain a bunch of speed. So it's very much feels like just a dream where you don't pick up on all the details in a dream and very rarely do you even remember the ones you picked up. So you're just kind of experiencing this story as if it were a fleeting dream as you're just sailing through these levels. 
yeah, it's it's really neat. Okay, so real quick, before we get into spoilers, I do want to mention I did have like my biggest hang up with this game. I th there's a point I want to say it's a little over halfway through where you'll but you'll you'll, you'll hit this this level that that presents you with a, a a pretty extreme difficulty spike for what is for the most part a pretty laid back experience. And for me, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I think the last thing you do in that level is a little intense and was a little f too frustrating. But for the most part, I actually liked that challenge. Uh, my issue with that, though, is it comes a little over halfway through the experience and it feels like the climax of the game. Uh, just in terms of mechanically, like it feels like, oh, this is clearly like I I'm at the end. Um, which presented a weird pacing problem where that's not the end, there's still quite a bit more to go, and the entire time I was like, oh, this must be over soon, right? Like, it, it really kind of ruined the pacing of it for me. Uh, not in a way that ruined the game or anything. Like, I still enjoyed those other levels, but, like, the whole time I was like, well, this has got to be over soon, right? Because I, I did the thing. I did the hard challenge. Uh, it, and so, like, it really does feel like there's maybe kind of, like, the game's pacing is a little wonky. Yeah, I mean, there's a aesthetically and sort of thematically i think the final levels do a very good job of being climactic in a way that feels like the end of the game but you're right that one level sort of about a little over halfway through was weirdly difficult and it makes you use a mechanic that isn't super well explained um and that's the dive where um, you use your gravity to like pull you down and then you can use that on slopes. But if you do that while you're in a glide and then let go of the gravity, then you can pull up and uh, turn a lot of that downward momentum into horizontal momentum without ever touching the ground. Now, if you are to plummet without with the glide and then just use the glide right after, that doesn't quite work, <laughs> which is what I was doing and then was kind of a little confused why it wasn't working, but... I was still getting results, so I didn't think too much about it until this stage where it's almost required. <laughs> yeah. Unless you want to just slowly drift through space for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little rough. Um, and, and like I said, I agree. Like, I think the final stages thematically and uh, aesthetically, visually, are the climax, and they do a good job with that. But, like, this felt like the mechanical climax, and that that's why it, it kind of... That's why I say it, it kind of messed with the pacing a lot for me. Um, because I just kept expecting the next level to be the end, and it wasn't. <laughs> Which I, I don't think is great. And it did make the game feel longer than it actually was. Um, and, and so I feel like, it could, you know, it could have used, like, a reordering there. Um, is there anything else we need to touch on before we talk about some... So a little bit of spoilers? Um, uh, I would say that I just... I would recommend it. I think it's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, at the time of recording, and I'm sure posting it will still be up there too, it is available on Game Pass. That's where I played it. Which, I, I mean, hey, it's it's totally worth checking out. Even if you don't end up like actually playing through it, just messing around with the physics, it's a good time. You'll you'll you know you'll kill some time with it. It's really fun. Yeah, I um, ended up buying it on Steam, um, and the price that I bought it at was like. 16 17 dollars somewhere around there which is fair like fair i think uh indie games are already like super cheap for what they deliver um i could see some people thinking that's not quite worth it for a two-hour game with no real challenge 
but I I had fun. I would play it again. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally enjoyable experience. So maybe keep your eye on a sale or something. Pick it up if you're a little wary about that. But yeah, if you have Game Pass, then just give it a shot. Yeah, totally. You said this was on Xbox, right? On the console Game Pass? Yeah, it, it is also on consoles. I'm not sure if it's on console Game Pass. It probably is, but it's on consoles. Uh, and I will say... I played this with a controller. I could not imagine playing it with a keyboard. Oh, yeah. No, I, I played with controller as well. It makes use of the triggers, and I, and I feel like that would be a really frustrating experience, not having those. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to move on, and we're just going to talk specifically about some of the later levels. You know, keep listening if you want. I don't think this is the kind of experience where spoilers would should turn you away from the game. But, you know, if you, if, you, if what we said sounds interesting to you, and, you, and you're definitely going to check it out, do that before you listen to the next part. If not, if you're not sold or if you already played it, then we'll see you in a couple seconds. Alright, um, so the level we were talking about that presented the difficulty spike was the asteroid level. I, I want to spend some more time talking about that because like, I do think came across a little negative on it. I really liked it. Even if I feel it's just a little misplaced <laughs> in terms of the game. I really liked it. Once I realized that you could use the dive to actually move between asteroids because otherwise you just get stuck on one <laughs> and that's not very fun. Yeah. So the way it works is you're popping between asteroids and it kind of it, it's kind of that like Mario Galaxy thing where you have to escape the gravity of one to the gravity of another, and so it's really forcing you to use the the momentum mechanics to to really gain as much as height and and speed as you can to to escape the gravity of these specific asteroids. And the shape of the asteroids are all different, so it presents a different challenge. Uh, the only the one I talk about that gave me a lot of trouble is the last one which is almost entirely circular except for one little bowl on one side kind of kind of like half half pipe ish or, or skate park bullish and it's incredibly hard <laughs> to get enough momentum from that to sail to the to the um to the end portal or whatever you call that thing yeah it's less of a portal more of a launch ramp yeah <laughs> like like yeah it's it's it's, it looks really cool. I'm not sure how to refer to it, but yeah, that getting enough momentum off that bowl was was really tough, and, and I feel like kind of unforgiving. And even when I got it, it felt weird. Like it didn't feel like I nailed it right. Yeah, I feel like that stage, especially, and the reason I say the dive was almost required for that one is because once you get far enough from the planet or from the asteroid, then you're still kind of in the gravity of it. So you like, you can float towards the next thing, but it's going to just pull you downward or whatever. The glide gives you a lot of horizontal momentum, uh, specifically the dive, because you could transfer all of your momentum in a specific direction. So once you're sort of in the air from that bowl, then you can use the dive to shoot yourself toward the next um, asteroid. Uh, but you're right. That one is kind of, kind of wonky. Um, but again, aesthetically, very cool. Oh yeah, I love how you're just orbiting the sun and then you have to, like, it's just always kind of looming there. Especially because, like, all the other ones, you're, you know, you're on a planet. And for the most part, it's desert worlds and it's motion. 
But like this, you know, you're on these asteroids, and it's just this big ass star sun, like right up in your face, and you know, you get the blackness of space too. It looks really cool. What did you think about when you learned that you could surf on top of clouds? I don't know why, but I loved that. Oh, that going through a cloud gives you some more speed. Yeah, or just like kind of surfing on top of them, like skimming the top of clouds. Um, <laughs> that kind of stopping you from falling. It kind of creates its own little platforming challenge up in the air. Yeah, um, especially when you're like gliding and then you're just kind of steering yourself towards another cloud to get that little bit of little more burst of vertical speed. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I loved uh, figuring that out. And then also I didn't, it took me a little bit to figure out that the glow on the orb was how much glide you had left. <laughs> that was probably just a me thing, not really paying attention. But once I figured that out, I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's such a minimal game that like, it's perfectly reasonable to miss stuff like that. It's never telling you that explicitly. Like, I think the only things it tells you is like what the buttons do at first. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The other thing i kind of wanted to bring up was some of the gra i don't know if you saw this but there's some of the graphics had weird like errors or just weirdness to them specifically there was one planet that was like ocean with a bunch of i mean there's a couple ocean levels but there's one that had and maybe it was the first ocean level but the way the water sort of interacted with the things looked extremely weird (laughs) did you get that where it just didn't feel like they were connected in any way. I didn't have any issue with that. So I'm not sure. Like it just kind of felt like there was an object in a plane rather than like an item in a wat- in water. I don't mm. know if it's just like the lack of contact waves or different um, like colorations or something. But that was the only thing that really looked weird other than like the second to last stage where the floor was kind of strobing. That one uh, was a little weird to go through, honestly. Oh, really? I love that one. Um, we'll get that in a minute. You know, for me, the water, though, the, this sort of one that's like all ocean and no land, um, which is probably my least favorite area because it's the least mechanically interesting. I mean, it worked because like, you know, I saw the waves and I went th- for them. The thing that's weird about it is I kind of wanted, because when you're gliding, when you're in the glide mode, you skim off the water. Yeah, like you're skipping a stone. Yeah, yeah, and it looks really cool. Um, I kind of wanted that to, like, always be true. And, and I kind of wish they had went a little farther to kind of make you have to look at the waves as if they were sandhills from the earlier levels. And they never really do that. And, and so sometimes you, like, will go through a wave instead of skipping off of it, which I thought was a little weird. And, and I guess it makes sense, but it, it just felt like that level is the most mechanically uninteresting one even if it looks cool especially compared to where you've been before but yeah i uh, think it was mostly it's less about like the wave specifically and more just kind of about being at the right angle when you get to the water yeah um because if you're at too steep of an angle then you'll go through it but if you're at sort of a shallower angle then you'll skip across it um that's kind of how the, the way i saw it rather than using the wave specifically yeah um, I just never felt like I got a great sense of flow from that one. And I feel like it's the only one that, that really bugged me like that. Let's talk about the strobing one, though. You, you didn't like the strobing, like, sun? It was weird. I don't know. Just it's so it was weird. Wig- it was making my eyes weird. 
that, that's that's what I meant though when I was like these alien world like like that is the most like cool sci-fi thing where it's just this like white to black strobing sun and then as you go through the level it gets more intense um i could see that being annoying on some people's eyes though if you are sensitive to that kind of thing i don't think it ever gets like super intense you know like a super intense strobe light would but uh, but i could see that pulsing being kind of annoying if you are sensitive to things like that but visually i really liked it because i really liked what it does to the landscape because the landscape looks very dark and then when it strobes light it, it it reveals like this very snowy mountainous area and it just presents you with this really cool contrast visually that i i really enjoyed yeah i've um i think my probably my favorite level aside from the final one where it's just all clouds and there's no real ground the one where the lightning strikes i think was really great yeah, the like the it's stormy and rainy on almost all these planets, but like the one that's super um, stormy and you have to contend with wind. Uh, that one. Um. Yes. Yeah. Because then. Um. No, that that's a different one. Um. That one was interesting though. Trying to no, maybe it is the same one. <laughs> they use the lightning strike mechanic in several levels towards the end, so. Yeah, there's one where you're every time you touch a cloud, you like strike, you get struck with lightning, and then uh, that also refills your glide and like your double jump and all that. Yeah, the the like pink cloud. Yeah, so it was all kind of just um, figuring out how to stay up in the clouds. Yeah, because there's no there's no ground in that level, I believe. So you're kind of having to. Well, actually, there probably is. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if I you dive down there. Yeah, but if you it gives you a lot of room to dive because you're in the sky for pretty much all of it. So it, you can dive and gain a bunch of speed and then use that to get a lot of horizontal speed. And then it's kind of you trying to get back up to the cloud while maintaining that speed. You get into a really nice state with that one. Yeah, you also have your little friend there too, <laughs> kiting you along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is really cool. Yeah, I think the one before, that's the, the one where you have to contend with really strong winds, which presents another interesting layer to the sandbox, which I, I actually liked quite a bit. And it gets used several times, but I think that's the one where it's the most prominent. Where the wind is not blowing towards the objective. <laughs> yeah, when it's when it's blowing you side to side and you kind of have to fight it, which is really cool. That one also kind of just uh, forces you to be in the mountains where you can kind of hide out from the wind while still gaining speed and uh, moving forward if you're like in between or behind rocks and stuff. So that one was, that one was very interesting. Yeah. Um, I got to shout out the second level of the game, which is sort of like, it's another desert planet. Like the first level is kind of a desert planet. This one is as well, but it takes place at night with this sort of neon blue lighting and it looks really awesome. Yeah. A lot of really great, uh, color choices here where um which is very stunning in a lot of areas yeah i think visually that might have been my favorite just because i'm a sucker for that like style of lighting um that like nighttime vibe it, it was really cool looking what do you think of the uh portal transportation effects that are uh 2001 i ripped, love them. basically yeah i love them so much there's like really just intense particle effects and then you 
but they're just coming out of like a line in the middle of the screen that is like one-to-one 2001 a space odyssey and i'm (laughs) all here for it (laughs) did you so what did you did you get anything out of the narrative i it's because like i'll tell you it's one of those things where i didn't think it has a great narrative but like the way it's delivered, I think, kind of contributes to the atmosphere in a way that I can forgive it, if that makes sense. Yeah, so apparently there is this transmission to Earth from this alien race, I guess, that uh, told them how to build the spacecraft and then, I guess, gave them like a place to go. So they sent... I think they might have received that signal while they were on a Jupiter mission. So that's what Jupiter orbiter and flyer are. And then flyer mm-hmm. went down, I guess. Um, but orbiter came back with the signal and then they built this alien craft and that's what you're flying. And I think there's someone in there flying it. I th- Well, there's a line of dialogue that made me think there wasn't, which really confused me. Cause there's one that, cause, cause like, you're getting these snippets of like, characters talking and they're named in the subtitles um but they're all like alien you know voices they're all just kind of like distorted where you can't actually hear any words it's just subtitles yeah um and and so you get these characters talking but then you get like a reporter it'll be credited as who will be saying stuff and it it's there's there's one part where they say that how is this going to work this craft doesn't have a space for a pilot or something like that like there's something like that that made me think oh is this unmanned but then everything else says you know basically applies the, that it is manned and you're trying to get home so I, I it left me kind of confused to be honest yeah it could be just that like the astronaut's consciousness is part of the orb now rather than actually physically being inside of it oh that's interesting where they're just they're piloting it but they're not corporeal anymore (laughs) it's one of those just sort of abstract space concepts that could happen it's it's in in the the narrative itself is just very abstract which you know i i'm not opposed to i and again i I think it just kind of contributes to the vibes more than it does an interesting story yeah exactly i think it you know it just sort of has this sort of lonely atmosphere through a lot of it where you're striving to just be reconnected with someone. So when you find the sort of helpful friend at the end, that's a big moment. But yeah, I mean, just seeing those like flashes of the crew photograph and then flashes of Jupiter, um, specifically if you like go deep into the water or um, gain a bunch of speed and then like flip out of it, then it'll give you like a flash of one of those images so it's something where like it's kind of reminding you that like this is what you're striving for you're striving to be reunited with someone i guess but it's just sort of reminding you how lonely you are yeah um you're kind of seeing flashes of like an astronaut crew right yeah so it yeah it it reminds you that there's some sort of human connection happening there i like your idea of this being more like you know like there's consciousness somebody's consciousness is piloting this yeah well i think it i think it's kind of implied that one of the i guess the person piloting this in whatever form they are one of their uh family members maybe was part of the jupiter mission that went down 
and they might still believe that they're there or maybe they got scooped up by the aliens and then so now they're using the craft to try and reconnect with their daughter i think is what it was implying but i couldn't give you specific evidence without replaying the game (laughs) yeah regardless interesting nevertheless um anything else we want to touch on i i do you know want to reiterate i really do like the the lonely vibe like all these worlds you're on feel kind of dead yeah like there's buildings but they don't feel lived in at all because they're so just strange or just like falling into the sea where you're like oh no one lives here anymore like post-apocalyptic in the truest sense right like like there's no life it feels like on a lot of the stuff yeah, it's either a barren desert or there are there is life. There's plants and stuff, but you don't see any animals or you just see these like structures of something that definitely doesn't use them for what they built them for anymore. Yeah, I, it certainly has a vibe that uh, you experience as you're, you know, moving past the speed of sound. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cool. Well, that was XO One, uh, a very enjoyable little game, and honestly, I think we talked about that for way longer than I was expecting. <laughs> so clearly, more to talk about than I had uh, originally assumed. Yeah, if you listen to this episode twice in a row, you would have beaten the game already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to keep in touch with us and finding out what we're doing next, you can follow the show at Save Station Radio on Twitter. At Save Station Pod is the uh, is the Twitter URL. Um, you can Thank find you. Me it is at, very late. <laughs> yeah, it's been a little bit. Um, you can find me at Conifer SSR on Twitter. Uh, where can the people find you, Dustin? You can find me at Dustin H Dragon on Twitter. Um, coming up next, we should have our Game of the Year episode, our kind of year wrap up episode, where we kind of go through the year and talk about what we what we played and we give our own personal top tens and we do a a fun tier list of the games we've played on the show all year it's uh it's gonna be a good time so keep your eye out for that hopefully should be out before the end of the year ideally we've kind of had busy schedules recently but we're gonna try um so yeah watch the twitter feeds for information on that and you know thank you for listening as always i really appreciate it we really appreciate it And please remember to always be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye.